Welcome back to the West Side Discussion Podcast, the first and only podcast dedicated to West Side Discs. My name is Jay. Thanks for listening. This is episode 13. Today I'm joined by Matt Oram. This offseason, we saw a lot of surprising team changes, and Matt was one of the first when it was announced he was leaving Prodigy to join West Side Discs. So far, he's been undefeated, winning the Bay County kickoff last month and as part of Team Calvin at the All-Star Weekend. Matt, thank you so much for coming on. How are you doing today? Doing good. How about yourself? I'm doing great. Doing great. Thank you. So, well, before we back up and start from the beginning, let's just, you just finished the All-Star Weekend. What was that experience like? Uh, it was super fun. Uh, it was like the first time I've ever been like paid to play an event, I guess you would say in a way, except for one time in uh, last year, I got an entry appearance fee in Panama City, which was awesome. Oh, but nice. this is the first time I ever like actually just went, showed up and got paid. But uh, it was team games. Uh, I like I, I haven't played one of those in a while, so I took it not serious, serious, but internally serious. Cause I didn't want to let my team down, you know. Yeah, yeah, it definitely changes the approach when you're not carrying it all up uh, by yourself. Mm-hmm. For sure. So I do want to ask, what was it like playing with Nico? Was there any awkwardness there? Oh, no awkwardness at all, except for we really wanted to beat each other um, in a friendly way. Uh, we played a practice round, and it was all cool. Right when I got there, actually, I got straight there, and we played a practice round just coincidentally, which was perfect. And uh, But I was really stoked to see I was playing against him because, like I said, it was team game, and I'm not saying everybody wasn't taking it serious, but when I found out I was playing Nico, I knew that he didn't want to lose so I was extra motivated because I knew I was playing with somebody that wasn't going to be playing around the bush, I guess you would say, during the team event. Right. Because so, I know he has a lot of pride. and I got, Like, we didn't want to lose each other. But, yeah. But it was also it was a devastating kind of loss for me. I'm give, I'll am i give him some props on the ace on that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I had, him th- I had him by yeah, I had him by three strokes. And immediately when I threw a B, I said, there goes two. I didn't think it was going to be three. But I just had a feeling because I could see it in his face. I was like, "Oh, he's he woke up and then bam." All right. Well, very cool. Yeah, it was, it was a fun, uh, fun event to watch. That's for sure. Oh, it was a good time. Good sceneries. All right. So yeah. So let's let's back up then. Uh, how did you get into disc golf? Um, I got into disc golf through my dad, who used to play. Just he played a decent amount, but not much. But he ran events and had a pro shop in the house. And then he started uh, the Southern National Tournament Organization. And when he started doing that, he started running a lot of events. He had a pro shop, and he ran that. So was disc golf his full-time job? Uh, he had a pro shop. He had, like, a lawn business, too. And then eventually he kind of gave it to my brother and can just had the shop and start running tournaments. He installed a lot of courses in Mississippi State Parks and kind of got into a lot of tournaments through, like, the I-10 area in just a lot of mississippi state parks and then um yeah whenever i was about he told me whenever i was able to come to the course without you know cheating or not doing anything wrong and was going to play the right way i finally he was gonna let me when he knew i was you know old enough and i guess i was about 11 he started kind of let me come out there a little bit but nobody wanted to play with me and my little brother we just played by ourselves most of the time because you know everybody was adults, so right, yeah, I didn't want to play with yeah, kids. Uh, yeah, and they didn't want, but my dad was like kind of respected, so nobody wanted to get in trouble being the person that was doing something in front of Jim's kid, I guess. So 
that's kind of how it all started. And then I just fell in love with the competing and playing with old people and like older people, I guess. Because back then I was playing so bad, I was playing with the older guys. <laughs> so then that's um, how it happened. Yeah, on the tournament. So yeah, and then um, after that, I just fell in love with it. He let me come along, and I did everything he wanted me to do. Just to, he just wanted me to enjoy it, and uh, everything in Fed's history. So he said he he said as long as you know you don't cheat. Was that a concern? Was there a lot of that going on? No, I think it was just him being like, "Look, boy, you gonna go out here and play with these? I don't want you to go out there cheating. I don't want you doing no dumb shit now." Basically, <laughs> you know, basically Got giving it. the father talk. Yeah. So to reflect like, yes, back sir. on him. I said, yes, sir. And I was like, no worries. All right. And so he started the Southern Nationals. Is that different from the PDGA or is that part of it? Um, It's different than the PDGA. Uh, he ran some tournaments back in the day. And I guess there was like, I mean, back then, I guess it was like 1995. I think he had like 100-something people. That was a big tournament. But with the $5 fees... He didn't really understand where they were going to because they just got like a little. The only thing they got out of that event, if I'm right, what, if I remember this all right, was he got a little where you got your results in the back of the magazine. For the PDGA? And sometimes, and sometimes he didn't even get that unless it was a certain event. So he was paying 100-something people $5 a head, and I think there was other fees. So he sent him like a $900 check. He was just wondering what he was getting out of it. And they were just kind of rude to him or something like that. And kind of, I don't know. And then he just said, I'm going to just run something where if I take money out, it goes, he wanted to see the money that was taken out of the event to go to something towards a tournament. He just didn't want to, he didn't see where the money was going. So he said, I'll, he just wanted to start an example. So he ran Southern Nationals where every event, every player's, I signed up in a division, $2 of their entry fee goes into the championship a championship event, which is the Southern National Championship. And however many people played that year, that division had that much added money. So there was like, which ended up coming out to be a lot, lot, because right. I mean, over a, gra- a year of events, that was $2 getting pushed into the pro championships and all that. And it used to have a really good payout, especially back in the times, because you know, a twenty five hundred dollar event was there was probably only four or five of them. Then there was this B tier that we used to have twenty five hundred dollars. So just kind of showed how it kind of ended up working in the, and that's kind of what he based it off. It wasn't nothing. To, he just wanted to see the uh, something go into an event because he always thought that Ken Climo, he was a Ken Climo fan, and he thought it was kind of pitiful that he was only getting like four or five thousand dollars for winning worlds and he just thought of that if they took one dollar out of everybody's entry fee to put it towards worlds that it would make a big difference and that was kind of his that was kind of his thing i i mean i really think okay so then at what point did you start did you start kind of touring on your own uh start traveling at 17 well about on my own uh a friend of mine of my dad's too he was like a son to him uh mike young asked my dad if he could take me on tour and my dad said yes this was seven when i was 17 and i cashed at every event played good i won an a tier on the thing i won like a big skins match that they had this thing i ended up giving my dad this great idea that he used forever on this in a tournament thing but me and yeti it was like we you have like a raffle uh-huh. and that kind of thing and I drew Yeti, and we won. And it was like $1,000, so I told my dad about it later, and he was ecstatic about it because he was like, what did you learn from tour that I used my event? And I was like, well, I played $500. He was like, oh, hell yeah. 
but then I won eighth here, and I got second place at Worlds. So after that, I just was pretty much a disc golfer after that. And were you, were you sponsored at this time? I was sponsored barely by Innova at the time. How did barely sponsored work? Um, I can give a history real quick. Yeah. I started off getting sponsored by Discraft because I went to a D-Glow back in the day. Day I was probably 16. My dad let me go with this guy named Shane Seal. And when I was there, I was just kind of blown away. And I, all my friends through Innova, Innova, like all my pro friends. So I came back sponsored by Discraft, and they were like, oh, hell no. <laughs> I mean, I'm just telling you the truth. So I ended up not playing the back the greatest because I was switching Frisbees. And then after a few events, they were like, look, they basically made me go back to Innova. And then after that, I pl- stayed on Innova for a long while. But I always wanted to get on Team Star. I felt like I was kind of like I should have been on the Star team. So I got a, another sponsorship after that through Deity, which through Barsby, that kind of didn't work out. And then it was Latitude for three years. Pretty good. Prodigy for four. Decent. And then now Westside, really good. I guess that's how I could say it. All right. <laughs> So you said Barsby helped you uh, change from Innova? Uh, yes, he did, but it was a long time ago, and it was just back when the game was growing. Things didn't go right during it, and it it just uh, wasn't meant to be, we'll say. Got it. So how did you meet Barsby? I met Greg Barsby in Miami, Florida at uh, Junior Worlds, and he had M&M hair. He had blonde, shaved hair, bleached hair. People still don't believe me. And uh, he cussed a lot. Because <laughs> my dad kept telling him it was funny. No, it was just real funny because my dad really liked him. But he's like, man, I like that Greg guy, but he, he cusses a lot, don't he? I was like, yeah, daddy does. No, <laughs> but uh, he, uh, we played there. And then we didn't see each other, but we kept up with each other on the phone for three, four years just talking, like home phone days. Right. I don't even know how we got each other's number. It was like difficult to even get each other's number back then, I believe. And uh, long story, uh, we met at 2005 Pro Worlds. And nobody wanted to hang out with us still again because we were still young. So we were hanging out in the laundry room together because we were basically kicked out of every disc golfer's room. <laughs> <laughs> and we were just started talking and uh, became friends there. And then... Another year went by, I didn't see him, and we met up at a Players' Cup event that used to go down in Florida, so I picked him up in New Orleans, went down, he got hurt right when he got out of the airport, and it was just a fun trip. We went to New Orleans, and he barely ended up playing the tournament, and he got second place, and won like six grand, $6,000, wow. <laughs> and after that, we decided to go on tour the next year, and been like best friends ever since. All right, very cool. So, uh, when you're competing against friends, like... For me, right? I go out and play with some friends. Maybe we have a monthly, got, you know, $10 or whatever put in, not that much at stake. What's it like competing against friends you've known for a while when when you're playing for your living? Well, Nick Saban would say that you got to just do your job no matter what. But um, I, I guess that sometimes it just is extra motivation these days because I see how, like, you know, losing some of these events to my buddies, I've seen how much I've well don't want to pass i just don't want them happen again no matter who they are too because sometimes they can mean a lot you know an event that slips through your fingertips and 
even though your buddy wins, you're happy for him. You just can't help to be like, you know, a little extra hungry or thinking about what if, what have coulda, shoulda. So yeah. I just try not to let nothing slip past me, you know. So we've had a few different sponsors. Uh, we kind of went through. We, we can go back. Um, we'll go back more into them in a bit. But how has have you noticed sponsorships changing over the years? Uh, was it the same until just recently, or each time you joined a new sponsor, was there something new or different with it? I feel like uh, it's been like a little different progresses every now and then. I definitely see that where when Prodigy started paying people a stepping stone for everybody to kind of realize they got to, you know, and I think everybody started getting the $1,000 contracts mostly for a long while, you know, 1000 a month maybe. And then maybe bumped up a little bit after that through some better players. I don't know, not necessarily me. But then after the COVID boom, it's just completely changed. But like when I was sponsored by Innova back in the day, I've never gotten one dollar of like a monthly payment. They just gave me fifty disc a year. Really? And that was it. And you got Innova bonuses and you thrived on them bonuses. That made tournaments even right. more more important. Oh man, that was they were live or die. Like if you, you had the cash, if not, you couldn't play no more. That was how that's what me and Barsby used to joke about. Like you gotta keep you gotta cash, if not, you go you get fired. You know? <laughs> Right. Wow. Yeah. So when you joined, so when you left Prodigy and joined Westside, you used an agent this time, correct? Yes, sir. How was that different from in the in the past? It was a lot more relieving because I didn't have to do the negotiating. And for me, I'm I'm scared to ask a lot. Sometimes that might have been a reason I didn't get a good contract because I was just scared to step up for myself and represent myself in the way, and just would I must take whatever I can give or be gotten. Right. So definitely this year was definitely uh, way better in a way better process. Definitely different because I was just waiting for updates. But it was definitely like I was kind of like frozen before I right before I got scans. My agent had just called pro management. Um, I was like, so anxiety was so built up. I didn't even know how to start. Like I didn't even know where to start from, which was get, had me at like a freeze frame. And whenever I found out about him. And then he accepted me. It was it changed everything. It made everything a thousand times better in my personal health too. Like I was stressed out like a crazy man, but this time, and he helped that a lot. What was the process like of getting scans? Uh, pretty. Uh, it was actually pretty simple in a small world way because uh, my buddy Cameron Coldglazer, uh, he knew that I was going. I was going through almost panic attacks because I know I ain't got many contracts left in me. I'm getting kind of kind of old so i knew how important it was especially with the growth of the game and he just referred me to him and uh cams almost never gave me some bad advice so i accepted it and it's, it came out to be a great great move so were you involved with any of the negotiations at all or did you just tell scans what you wanted and he took it from there until you got the offer uh yes i did not want to message nobody so i know you had a list and i know dynamic uh discs was uh, up there on the top when he came back to you with Westside, was it, what was the thought with that? Um, well, it was kind of like, you didn't get this contract at all. But how do you about feel about being the Westside? On Westside, and one of the main guys on Westside. And I was like, and then I got the offer because it came with the, what they were offering. And I just knew I couldn't ever pass it up because it was, 
it was a life-changing offer. So I went ahead and went through with it pretty quickly, went over it and got it signed. And I'm pretty excited about what, everything that came out of it. I want to take a moment and say thank you to the sponsors, Mando Discware and the Champ Cat by Putt Confidently. If you're looking for something to wear out on the course, you got to check out Mando Discware. They have a great lineup of apparel, shirts, hats, joggers, hoodies, shorts. Even they have accessories like whale sacks. The clothes are comfortable. They allow you to send it with style. Check them out, mandodiscware.com. Use code WSD10 to save 10%. That's WSD10. And thank you to the Champ Cap I put confidently. The Champ Cap is a new putting practice tool that will be available on Kickstarter on the last day of the Las Vegas Challenge. I've been using this since about June of last year. According to UDisc, my average score for all of 2021 is plus 1.52, but my score for the last 20 rounds, under par, negative 0.15. So I've noticed a huge difference using this tool. Check it out at puttconfidently.com. Awesome. Yeah, that's, that's great to hear. So you've been on the team now for a while. You, you've been throwing some of the discs. How is your bag coming along? Um, it's coming along, coming along. I had some leftovers that I like my flows. I'm actually, I can look at it now. Um, but the real thing is, is, uh, there's so many options compared to like, honestly, Prodigy only had four mid ranges, you know, and a lot of the time I was there and through four drivers and, you know, so I have all these options that I don't even know where to start, you know? Right. And then just with the disc selection these days with the shortages of every company having discs it's just kind of like trying when they're available and i'm just trying to i mean it's hard to i'm trying to put learn because i'm more about learning them instead of trying them i kind of like to keep them in my bag for a while so the ones i'm going with now are kind of working so i'm gonna hope that but if they don't i got a lot more options to choose from all right and you were on you were on latitude a few years ago is there anything new any new discs in your bag that you didn't throw that uh, last time? Yes. And uh, when I was at Latitude, I know like the first year there was, uh, I think the, the Giant was like the fastest, most ever stable disc of any of our trilogy. That was about it, honestly, for like the pro throwers, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, so now they got 10 more di- or eight to 10 more drivers that you can have to do something with, like a Giant in a way. So. Definitely a lot more options that makes it. And they got some new plastics I like. They've stiffened it up a lot. And I like stiffer frisbees, so it kind of works good for me. Which ones are you liking the most so far? I like this uh, Royal Rive. Mm-hmm. And I like the... I like this Trust, the Royal Trust. I like the Warden, this old Lucid Warden I got. And I love the Anvil by Westside. I think it's in a... Kind of like a hybrid plastic. I think it is hybrid because I can't okay, tell yeah. if it's tournament or VIP. So I think it's one of the mix. And uh, yeah, those are. And I love the sword, the Erica sword. And yeah, that, that's a good one. And I got some old flows. And those are pretty. Those are kind of doing it for me right now. What are you thinking of for your signature disc? Um, I'm thinking a stiff harp of some sort. Um, maybe some kind of cool feature with it. Uh, maiden, because there's this maiden following. I didn't realize there was, even though I love the maiden. But I was kind of <laughs> right. like, when I first got there to Westside or Dynamic, they kind of were like, just kind of see what you want to throw. So I was like, all right. And I was just kind of in the hotel room in Emporia, 
the day before I was going to do some interviews, just kind of looking through their list, kind of like even reading like low profile putter with speed. And I was like, hmm, I think I'll like that one. So I told the next day on the interview that I was like, I think I'll like the maiden. And there's just this whole following. They were like, Matt's bringing the maiden back. But I do love throwing this VIP maiden. So I think one of them's going to be the maiden. So I will let them know that the maiden's coming. You're going to make a lot of people happy getting that VIP maiden back in production. Yeah. And then um, it's going to probably be like a simple tournament plastic, maybe, kind of thing, or some kind of simple plastic because. Sometimes when they stiffen up the plastics, it can change the putter molds a little. So I'm going to keep it simple on the plastic changes, maybe. And then I'm going to have a stagger adder or a bard. I don't know yet. All right. One of them three. So outside of the uh, everyone loving the Maiden, or you, everyone loving you talking about the Maiden, so what's your reaction been like from the Trilogy fans? Um, It's been awesome. Like completely completely new and different kind of like whole scheme of how things go in their promotions as far as videos too i've noticed mm-hmm. so like having fans just from them putting out them videos whenever i was there at this last trip and gaining all these new fans is come like it's mind-blowing and i love all of them so i try to try to respond to a lot of them but it's definitely a whole new whole new different group of fans and uh, a lot of them. Yeah, I've I've seen nothing but uh, positive positive comments uh, from you joining the team. So it's very great to have you on. Yeah, I can't. I'm about to put out some vlogs soon. Maybe I think I'm gonna do one this week too here in Vegas. And so check that out soon too. All y'all trilogy and Westside fans. I'm gonna try to make them fun. Make them fun. That's gonna be the word. So there's a lot of speculation about a uh, a Matteo hat from Westside. Is that just uh hopes and dreams or is there any truth to that a hat a matteo hat um i guess that would be speculation because <laughs> <laughs> i just repeated the a hat i think that said it. uh yes uh speculation um maybe i'll talk to him about a hound's tooth bag though maybe oh. I'll that one out there a little roll tide bag or roll just tide. a hound's tooth bag for all y'all known all tires because Pretty damn cool pattern Bear Bryant thought of, you know? He picked yeah. a good one. He picked a good one. He knew what was up. What's the story with the baby stroller? <laughs> uh, you want the truth and the truth and nothing but the truth? Nothing but the truth. All right. So I had a ridge roller. Went flying home from Worlds. I guess there was a lack of people working at American Airlines or whatever. I was flying out, so I got redirected on my flight because I, I was there like two hours early. I didn't even move in the line to check in my luggage. There was just nobody working there. So I ended up getting not making my flight. Flew just begged somebody to fly me to the Mobile. I was supposed to fly home to New Orleans. So they did it. Cause, uh, anyways, mm-hmm. when I got back to pick my luggage up, my ridge roller was gone. And because they just were out of so many ridge rollers at the time, there was back order. I just was like, no bother because I just felt like I was kind of a hassle because i didn't uh, anyways and i just ended up i don't like carrying a bag because i don't think they're healthy for you my opinion even though i'm carrying it this weekend because i didn't <laughs> want to fly at mazuka i don't know i didn't know how that worked so i just went and uh i literally like the baby stroller though um i do love mazuka but i really like this baby stroller more than the disc golf carts because uh 
because you get more room all the way around. You can just, you know, you got to kind of put right. a specific spot in the cart. And then I, I never had a problem getting somebody to push it for me because, like, most of the time all the people in the fans have, like, a big old water bottle and carrying something. And then, like, they're like, hey, man, you, you want me to push it? I'm like, sure. And they get to throw all their stuff in my baby stroller, so they're happy too. So it was kind of – I liked it. <laughs> Yeah, I, I met some people with, uh, I don't know if they're following your example, but I see it all the time, people at the course with baby strollers. So uh, it's a, uh, it not was a bad idea. It was definitely a trend I did not start because there are guys down in the deep south are pushing them things down like crazy. I definitely stole that trend from the older fellas <laughs> down in Mobile for sure. Well, hey, it works. I like it. So speaking of the deep south... Uh, you told the PDGA that uh, if you weren't playing disc golf, you'd be a deep sea fishing charter captain. Sounds fun to me. It's my question for you. What would you name your boat? Oh man, uh, the Natalie, because I'm gonna be sweet to my girlfriend because she's right here. <laughs> Good answer. <laughs> Good answer. All right, so we already talked about the uh, signature disc coming out. Uh, is there any talks about getting a player's pack on Disc Golf Valley? What's that? <laughs> I guess that's another no. Disc Golf Valley, the mobile game. Uh, I don't know nothing about that yet. Maybe, maybe this will bring some, some chatters. All right, we'll work on that. Maybe I, need, maybe, I need, maybe I need to play Disc Golf Valley, honestly, to... So I will try to apply for Disc Golf Valley. I'll make it a stepping stone. How about that? Yeah, talk to talk to Scan. See if he can see if he can make I'll that. Do that. We'll do. So, what are your goals for this year? What What are you hoping to accomplish? Um, I just kind of kind of want to stay consistent and successful. I do want to get a good win, and just make sure my majors shine. I do like playing majors, and I thrive on those. And I just want to have one, one at least Silver Series or DG Pro Tour wins. I'll take that. I'm simple. All right. We'll put you down. Maybe you can come back on after you get that win, and, and we can talk about that. Yeah, re-up. Yeah. Maybe I can make it quick. Yeah, and then we'll, then we'll set up a new goal. And yeah, then there we go. So after this year, after next year, what, what are your, kind of your long-term disc golf plans, if you have any? Long-term disc golf plans, I guess uh, I want to definitely get involved in course design. I feel like I would be good at it. I've never really got to do one, but I'm about to do kind of a redo of one in Destin here shortly, I believe. And uh, I'm excited about it. But then uh, running tournaments is another thing I like because my dad ran them. And I know how my dad put on like his, like, not act, but I know how like he... Did I know how his like how he played a role in like how he his term it's almost like a play. Like he put he just treated everybody the same, like and I just think I can I'm really good at that as well. And I think I could be a good tournament director, especially for the AM players. So that's something I kinda make him fun and just make make it fair for all the AMs too. And just kinda keep that I like that too. And just staying involved in off the course stuff to where it makes competitive level fun especially when i get older i'm not gonna be as good so you know <laughs> well thank you so much for coming on is there any last things you'd like to like to say before we go uh i'd like to thank west side disc and uh everybody at trilogy eric jeremy 
Thank you. And Scan's my agent at Disc Golf Pro Management. And my supportive girlfriend, Natalie, here. And all the fans that support me. And everybody in the Deep South on my 10. Thank you so much for listening. This is the West Side Discussion Podcast. I want to thank Matt Orm for coming on to kick off Season 2. Thank you again to the sponsors, Mando Discware and Champ Cat by Put Confidently. The theme song is What Would You Be Like by Akira the Don. We'll continue the discussion next time. <laughs>